On this week's show, we're going to talk about how to have the repair versus replace conversation without being pushy with your homeowner. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Now, before we get into today's comment, I want to throw something out for all of you folks out there who are not EGIA members. If you're enjoying the content that this show provides, I'm going to encourage you to check out the full courses by joining the platform for 30 days free of charge. Click the Join button at the top right of the screen, then select the Plus Membership. We'll give you access to the full courses so you can start to take your business to the next level. Listen, we all know in the summertime we get busy, and when we get busy, sometimes we start cutting corners. And then we got the fall and things slow down. The weather's not cooperating. We got to get back to basics. And one of the most important basics we need to get back to is a proper and a non-pushy and non-threatening repair versus replace conversation with your homeowners. So join me and Gary Ellis as we discuss the importance of having the conversation, when to have the conversation, and how to have a proper repair versus replace conversation. I have seen it all too many times that a, a well-intentioned, bright, articulate service technician knows full well that a system should not be repaired, that it deserves to be replaced because it's old and too expensive to repair, but because they don't want to seem pushy, they end up doing a repair that deep down they know that they really probably shouldn't be doing, but they don't want to seem like some pushy sales guy. You got to keep this in mind. When your homeowners wake up in the morning and their air conditioning or their heater's not working, the last thing in the world they're thinking is about spending thousands of dollars to replace it, right? They're thinking, oh, geez, it's going to be, you know, 300 bucks to fix it. And it's hard for service technicians to be the guy that walks in and says, well, no, it's going to be, you know, 10,000 bucks for a new system. So again, because it's difficult, because it can seem awkward, technicians sometimes will avoid that conversation and do the repair knowing full well that we shouldn't do it. So what I want to talk to you about is two things. First of all, when is it appropriate to recommend a new system? And then also, what's the conversation that we can have with our homeowners that's no pressure, super low key, that we can introduce the, the topic of conversation uh, about possibly replacing the system. Just like in the earlier part of the show, we talked about you know, uh, getting the homeowner's permission to bring other problems to their attention. Well, we can have the same or similar conversation about replacing the system without seeming pushy or obnoxious. But before we even get to that conversation, we have to you know, cross the threshold. Is this a good place? to recommend uh, a replacement system, or should I just do the repair and offer a maintenance agreement? So to address that question, to address that issue, I'm going to turn to our resident expert, one Mr. Gary Ellix, the legendary, my dear friend, Mr. Gary Ellix. Uh, we, we produced a piece, Gary produced a piece a while back, it's in our core training, but I wanted to use it here in the weekly show, that really helps us decide when is an appropriate time to offer a new system, or at least to introduce that, you know, part of the, uh, that, that, op that option into the conversation, and when is it just appropriate to do the repair and perhaps offer uh, an extended service agreement and maybe some additional, uh, either additional preventative repairs or accessories, that type of thing. So let's take a look here for a few minutes to Mr. Gary Ellix and look at the benchmark, the threshold for when we should be thinking about replace versus repair. All right, so repair versus replace conversation. First thing that we need to talk about is we have two basic rules that we use. Now, I'm not suggesting that you should have two rules. I'm suggesting that this is a framework by which you might want to consider how you approach repair versus replace with your service group, meaning that I have all my service technicians here and we're having a conversation. 
And a lot of the guys are gifted, and they're just very good at communications, and they are able to you know, talk to people, and they can relate. And then I have another group of guys that they'd probably rather not do that. They'd rather just repair the system and move on, and they're okay with that. And then we've got some of that group that's in between. The thing of the, the, the problem that we occur is, is that if we're not educating the customer about what's really happening with the system, and I find out later that that's a problem, meaning that we had a, a, a secondary or a tertiary problem later. The, the, even though the technician did his job well, and we thought we were doing the right thing at the technician level, what we end up with is a customer complaint. The customer is yelling at us and yelling at the service manager later saying, hey, your guy was just here. Why didn't he tell me about that? Why didn't he give me the option? And the answer is, well, he probably should have because he probably wasn't comfortable communicating. He wasn't trained. We didn't do a good job of putting him in a position to understand that. And that's why we want to avoid that situation. That's why we've created these rules. So the first rule is what we call the 4K rule. It's rule number one. And 4K simply stands for the principle that it's 4,000. 4,000 is the value amount when we take the age of the equipment, okay, the age of the equipment. So just think about a 10-year-old piece of equipment here. So let's just for a moment say, that that unit is 10 years old. Now everybody in the trade knows that if the machine's 10 years old, it's probably out of its existing warranty package, even with an extended warranty, it, you know, assuming that it's at least 10. And so we're going to multiply that times the repair cost. So let's assume that today's repair cost was $400. Again, these are arbitrary, fictitious numbers. Well, 10 times 400 is equal 4,000. And so this becomes a trackable opportunity for our company and yours in this case that this is a legitimate repair versus replace conversation. So we would say this is a clean opportunity whether we sell something or not. If we don't, then we're 0 for 1. If we do, then we're 1 for 1. So we're going to treat anything that's a 4K, meaning price of the repair times the age of the equipment, that's $4,000 or greater, we're going to say that was a very good, clean opportunity for us, and we're going to track that as a success pattern, good, bad, or indifferent. Now, you can set that where you want. Years ago, I'm going back to 2003, 2004, first time we sat down with our technician group and we invented the rule because we were concerned about another company in the marketplace uh, that shall go unnamed who was aggressively selling equipment to consumers that they probably shouldn't have been doing. And they got outed because there was a sting and the newspaper got a hold of it and they published a big article inside of the paper and it really cost the company that was doing that a lot of excess business and their brand had been up to that point pretty good in the marketplace. I mean, most people would have thought that's a pretty good company. But when they got exposed because some technicians, not necessarily the owner, but technicians were misbehaving culturally inside of that particular universe, the, the newspaper doesn't care about that. The owner of the business is responsible. The buck stops with the company owner, which is me. And so we said, we need some rules. I mean, we got to figure this out because we don't want to be that company. We want to be a company that has some standards. And so the question of standards comes into play. So we literally sat down around the conference room table with all of our techs. At that time, we had eight techs. And uh, we asked, and everybody thought, well, 3,000 sounds like a legitimate number. So the price of our flat rate book at the time, um, the cost of repairs at the time, 
and just in general a 10-year-old piece of equipment. Everybody thought, well, 3,000 is probably a legitimate number. So we went out for 30 days, and we did the, the 3,000, the 3K rule. And we came back to our service meeting uh, at the end of the, was, we did weekly meetings in those days. We came back and we said, you know, we're running into an awful lot of repairs that are seven-year-old pieces of equipment, you know, that has a $500 repair, and it's kind of a, a bubble, or a five-year-old piece of equipment that has a $600 repair. It's, you know, maybe that's just not the right number. So we evolved that number to 4K with our service technicians. So I would encourage you all as service technicians, maintenance technicians, service managers, business owners, involve your entire group. Look at your pricing, look at your marketplace, look at the repairs, what I'm gonna call the 80-20 number. 80% 80 of the repairs are represented by 20% of the actual repairs that occur in the marketplace. So most of your repairs occur on a repetitive basis contactors, capacitors, condenser fan motors, igniters, those types of things, maybe gas valve. So whatever those are, we arrived at $4,000 as that new number. And we have had that number since, and we really have found that we have not gotten ourselves into any particular trouble, that it's a conservative number. Our guys that are technicians that are concerned about brand experience and customer relationships and doing the right thing for clients, which we're fortunate we have a lot of those guys on our team, they are very comfortable with that number. So this is the checkpoint that allows us to go into the conversation. If we get to this place and we are in the under 4,000, rule two suggests that we would begin to just repair and sell a service agreement. That's the under $4,000 automatic, okay? Unless the customer is saying specifically, hey, I don't like this system, let's talk about our, you know, maybe doing it or it's noisy or whatever. If that's happening, that's, that's, that's not subject to this type of uh, discussion. So if the customer is demanding that, and by the way, when I bought my house years and years ago, um, I had some builder grade units in it and they were very noisy and they were hard to start and they would just wake my wife up and it was real problematic. So they weren't that old. They were like five or six years old. So we replaced all of those units mostly because they were noisy. Uh, we have not replaced them since then. Uh, and so they're over 10 years old now. But you can begin to see that the reason that I asked to do it, I mean, I'm like, hey, these are noisy. We're going to do something about it. So that's different. But in the, in the absence of the 4,000, we're almost always going to do a repair and do a service agreement unless the customer actually, actually asks us. If we are over the 4K rule, meaning the $4,000 is met, we've hit the threshold, we're going to cross into rule number two, which is a set of technician recommendations. And the technician recommendations, I'll take you over to the website later and show you. We have a recommendation tool. Uh, we have collateral material that we can hand to the homeowner from the technician and it explains the conditions of how we might want to deal with the customer about financing, about energy savings, about refrigerant, you know, 410 versus R22, uh, environmentally friendliness, insulation. We're going to take them through a conversation that goes beyond just the basics of, hey, this is the repair. So what we do in Rule 2 is we create a series of recommendations that the technician can use that allows the technician to guide the customer in the education process. Remember, your job as a service technician 
is to inform and educate the customer so that they can make the best informed decision for themselves. Their needs, their wants, their desires. You're not allowed to get in the way of that process either by saying, well, I don't think it's necessary, or you're not allowed to get in the way of the process and say, you should do it because, uh, selfish. So the idea here is that when you create a process, you have consistency among our technician unit. So today I have great techs who can communicate. I have great techs who can't communicate, but they don't have to worry about it because the tools help them. And then I have the mid group that is sort of maybe they can communicate a little bit. They're still great technicians because they use the process, and the process helps them get better. So it's a little bit like having somebody cook for you at night. If somebody was cooking for you and they were always cooking healthy meals, you're going to tend to have a better set of meals versus if I get to choose, I'm eating lasagna, I'm looking for the bread, the olive oil, give me the extra sauce. I mean, I'm in because I love food. So that process is a control point, and here's how it works. All right, there's a series of questions. Right? So just assume for a moment there's 12. Uh, we use 13 questions, but uh, there's 12 questions that are basic questions. And so each question has a point value attached to it. So imagine then that if I asked you these questions and your point value was 10 points, then the technician recommendation at this point when the customer asks is it's probably in your best interest to just go ahead and repair the system. Now what we want you to do as a technician is you need to make sure that you capture them on a service agreement. If we don't capture them on a service agreement, then that customer is essentially vulnerable to the outside community and what can happen is we're going to lose them to somebody else selling them a new piece of equipment one day or it'll become a, a lead generation issue for another company and we'll get called in and we'll be bidding against three companies. So we want them to become an existing customer, we want them to love us, we're going to sell them a service agreement as a part of this process. And that's an entirely different conversation than this video. That's a service agreement sales transaction process. Group two or secondary recommendation is the point totals arrive at between 11 and 19. Let's say that there's 18 points. This becomes a customer choice and it's going to be a discussion point. Nine out of 10 customers are gonna look at you as the service technician, that you're the professional and you're the expert. And you're going to have the opportunity to make a suggestion. So you'll have that opportunity and you'll have to decide with the client what's in their best interest. And that is an unknown, okay? Clearly, if it's a repair, then what we wanna do is follow this model here, which is do the repair, sell them a service agreement. Or it could be a replace it. It's not definitive. Because a good example is maybe it hits the threshold of 4,200, but the customer isn't going to live in the house for very much longer. So maybe it's only a three or four year type of thing and the guy or girl is going to be transferred. And so they don't necessarily want to invest a whole bunch of money in a brand new system. And it's one of those things that, well, they probably could do it or maybe they don't want to do it. And so this is one of those discussions where you simply say, well, it might be in your best interest. By the way, this is where it's critical that you have a financing program. If your company does not have a strong financing alternative, then most consumers are probably going to opt for the repair in this situation. If you have an excellent financing program, you can actually suggest that because you have an excellent financing program, you can go ahead and do the replacement for the equipment today. The financing will be a low-cost payment. And you'll actually be able to save money and enjoy a total comfort system that works for your best interests. And even though you're going to be moving in, say, three or four years, 
even if you did move, you can pay off that note any time when you transact the house, and that's going to be a real benefit for the next homeowner that you've done the mechanical replacement. That's something that they'll benefit from. In the absence of a good financing program, that conversation leaves the homeowner with the idea of writing a check. So unfortunately, a lot of technicians are not skilled at being able to talk about the money side. So part of what we have to do is train you, and part of what your company has to do is train you to be comfortable to talk about the financing and the alternatives so that this middling decision point lands in the favor of more replacements, not less replacements. Either way, you win if you sell them a service agreement because chances are you're probably going to get the replacement at some point. But if we're looking at the just doing the right thing for the customer, giving them the best options, your financing program will be the swing vote in this category. And then the final category is if you're 20 plus, this is really a replace it kind of a discussion. You know, it's out of warranty, it's a large repair, uh, you're probably dealing with R22 as a refrigerant, uh, which is going to be an expensive set of repairs in the future if you need any additional refrigerant. Uh, you're probably going to have issues with, you know, whether or not the equipment itself is even going to have more repairs. So this is a good discussion. So what we do is we walk the customer through a questionnaire. Um, you know, great technicians are going to internalize the questions, but you're still going to give the visual aid to the client. And uh, we use an iPad today, and uh, we can just check the boxes, and then that'll summation total, and it'll even get to the point of making some recommendations. So with that, let's go over to the studio, and we'll recap this discussion. But just remember, there are two rules. The 4K rule gets us into the game of opportunity. Less than 4K is a repair fix the service agreement. More than 4K brings us into the question process and it's probably going to land in one of these two areas. Right? Once you've had the opportunity to make that decision, right, using Gary's rules, if you make that decision, and by the way, those rules, you know, are for your company to decide, right? The owners of your company, the managers, your service department, they will let you know whether or not this is the rule or whether they want to modify that rule. But once you cross the threshold, and according to whatever rule your company has in place, the reality is at that point, you have to you know, be responsible for introducing, if you're over that threshold, of introducing the conversation about replacing that system rather than repairing. As I mentioned before, sometimes our technicians won't do that. Why? Because they're intimidated, they're afraid, they don't want to seem pushy or whatever. So I want to talk to you about a very simple conversation. Once you've made the decision that, hey, this is a perfect opportunity for replace, I want to give you a few simple words that you can use to introduce that conversation. Think about this. When your homeowner, as I mentioned before, when they got out of bed this morning, the AC wasn't working, the furnace wasn't working, the last thing they were thinking about was buying a new system, right? So you don't want to really, you know, be the bearer of bad news, right? So you can introduce the subject by saying this. Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, I realized this morning uh, when you got out of bed, the last thing in the world you were thinking about was replacing your system, correct? Like, oh yeah, I mean, we don't want to replace it right now. We just want to, we just want to work it. Well, I understand that. But let me ask you this, Mr. Homeowner. Do you think it's possible, perhaps even likely, considering this system is 14 years old, that you might replace it, let's say, in the next five years? When you give them a five-year time horizon, they're going to say, oh yeah, the next five years. I mean, if I were to ask you, are you going to be driving the same car five years from now you're driving today? It's a decent likelihood. No, nah, I might have a different car five years from now. It's a long time, right? So just give your homeowner that five years. Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, is it fair to say that there's a likelihood that you would replace that system in the next five years? They're going to say yes. Then all you have to do is say this. Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, I want to make sure you understand 
the cost of that system over the next five years just so that we're all on the same page. So the reality is on a new system, uh, well, first you start with today's repair. The reality is today's repair is going to be $500. That's going to get you up and going. It's going to get you through the fall, get you through the winter, you know, whatever the, the season is. Uh, but in addition to that, you're going to have potentially future repairs when you think about this thing being in the last five years of its life. So let's suppose three years from now I'm back out here and we have another repair uh, that's another 500 bucks, right? So now that's $500 plus 500, that's 1,000 bucks. The other thing to consider, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, is the energy efficiency and savings of these new, you know, high efficiency systems. We can comfortably, uh, you know, virtually guarantee or maybe absolutely guarantee, depending on the guarantees of your company, but we can offer, you know, a relative certainty that we're going to offer you at least 10% uh, energy savings, energy usage savings, we can't be responsible for the rates, but the usage we can decrease by 10%. So what are you currently spending, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, on your annual heating and cooling costs? They're going to say, you know, 2000 bucks, whatever. Well, if we save you, you know, 10% of that, that's 200 bucks a year over five years, that's another $500. Now we're talking about today's repair, a future repair, and $500 on energy overpayment over the next five years. The last thing to consider, Mr. Homeowner, is inflation. Do you think a new system might be more expensive five years from now than it is today? Of course, with inflation, everything is getting more expensive. So maybe it's another few hundred dollars, right? So 300 bucks. So now I got 500 bucks on today's repair, 500 bucks on potential future repairs, 500 bucks on energy savings, 300 bucks on inflation. That's $1,800. So you write that number down because you're just on your notepad kind of adding these things up. And then you simply turn to the homeowner and you say, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, as you can see, you're going to put $1,800 into this system over the course of the next five years. Does it make any sense to you to, to maybe look at that 1800 bucks and put that into a new system, or should I just go ahead and do today's repair? That's it. You know, and if they say, no, no, just go do today's repair, then you go do today's repair. Then, of course, you look for the opportunity to sell a maintenance agreement and additional accessories, but you do today's repair. But the answer is always no until you ask. In many cases, and these are the magic words, your homeowner will turn to you and they will say, well, how much is a new system, right? Those are the magic words you're looking for when you talk about the 1800 bucks into this whole system. If they say, well, how much is a new system? Bingo, that's jackpot. If you're a selling technician, you go right into your sales process, right? You don't whip out a price right then. You go through, build the value of your company, everything we talk about in our residential sales process. If you're a selling technician, you need to take our service tech training and our sales training. If you're not a selling technician, then you would refer that lead to your sales department. Get your, your uh, lead coordinator on the phone right then, Get them scheduled, you know, with your homeowner, hopefully, like within an hour or two, you know, to have somebody come out. By the way, this is the time of year where our salespeople are not as busy as they were in the summer. So they're probably sitting around the office or sitting around their house hoping for a sales call. So we should be able to get out there very quickly. And the sales department needs to be on notice, right? Be on call. If we have service technicians and they get a, you know, a good turn, a turnover lead, the bottom line is we want you in the house. I like my sales guys in the house before my service technician leaves, right? Now, if it's a no cool situation, no heat situation, obviously you may do some temp, you know, kind of something to get them going. Uh, but keep in mind, if you do that repair, you become a lot less likely to sell a new system. There's nothing quite like the sales opportunity when I walk into the house and it's 65 degrees in the house or 60 degrees and the kids are cold, right? Very good sales opportunity. So again, it's the shoulder season. Things are cooling off, but it's not cold yet. So we got to get better at what we do. We got to get back to the basics. And having a proper repair versus replace conversation is a powerful way to generate more opportunities for you and for your company. 
Well, folks, that's our show for this week. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the conversation about repair versus replace. Make sure you're having it. Practice it. Get better at it. Go out there and build the business, build the income that you deserve. That's our show for this week. We'll see you soon. Until then, bye-bye for now.